Take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number five is where we're going to be once again. We've been there many, many times the last few months, and I didn't really realize that we would be in this series this long, but the Lord knew, and I hope you've gained something. I hope you've learned something, and I believe we're going to, we're going to, we're going to gain something tonight. And I'm going to do my best to make this just as brief as possible this evening. I know you've been here, uh, you've been here a lot today, and so we'll try to get you out here at a, at a good time. Galatians chapter 5, when you find your places, if you're able to stand, why don't we stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word, and we'll give you one last opportunity to stretch your legs. I'll read the Scripture and just jump into this, and, and uh, I think we can get this done in just a, a good time tonight. Galatians 5 verse 16, the Bible says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And I'm going to be honest with you, church. I believe if we've learned any good lesson from this series, it just came out of that right there, that a life that cultivates the works of the flesh is a complicated life. It is a messy life. Oh, I know what they say. Man, we're having a ball. We're having a good time. But you know what? You don't see them behind closed doors. When their marriages are breaking up and their kids are getting on drugs and their homes are falling apart, and it's just a messy, messy life. And I never really noticed that until we started getting into this, into this series. And the Bible says, uh, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, and that's our text tonight. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, Faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Let's read as a congregation. Let's read verses 22 and 23 together. Ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And so in verses, in verses 19, 20, and 21, we see complication, complication. we see um, difficulty and complexity. And then we get in verses, uh, verses 22 and 23, and we see simplicity, simplicity. 18 works of the flesh, nine, works, nine fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, and so I want to talk to you about the fourth fruit of the Spirit tonight. Um, we're going to talk about that word long-suffering. Long-suffering, and I'm excited about preaching to you tonight just for a few moments. You may be seated, and let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's ask the Lord to help us tonight as we get started. Father, we love you, and thank you so much for the privilege to be here this evening, and it's been a wonderful day today, and we just thank you for all that's been accomplished. Lord, we're, we're mindful that there still could be somebody here tonight or somebody watching by way of live stream that does not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and so, Father, help nobody to leave like that tonight. If they're not sure they're saved, I pray they'll come tonight 
And Lord, let us take a Bible and show them how they can know that they know that they know that they're going to heaven. Father, if somebody's watching by way of the live stream this evening and they don't know Christ, Lord, they're not sure that they're on their way to heaven. Oh, Lord, please show them their need tonight. And I pray that they'll come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, in just a few moments, we'll be putting our, uh, Lord, our phone number on the screens. And I pray that you'll help them to call tonight, tonight. And I pray that, Father, they would get it nailed down once and for all, that they know for sure that they're on their way to heaven when they die. And so, Lord, bless our discussion tonight. And I don't know if this will be more like preaching or teaching or a lesson or a sermon. I don't know. I guess it really doesn't matter. I pray, Lord, you just have your way. And I pray you teach us from the word of God this evening. Father, help us, we pray. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. So don't forget what we've learned so far. We've learned many, many things over the last couple or a few months. Uh, but one of the things we learned is that walking in the Spirit is different than taking a step in the Spirit. The Bible says not once but twice in Galatians chapter 5 that we are to walk in the Spirit. Not take a step in the Spirit, we're to walk in the Spirit. And we learn a great lesson there. And the Bible is speaking of spiritual activity, that we're to be active. That's what it's saying, we're to be active. Um, and uh, and we are, I'm, I'm thankful that we're a part of an active church. And boy, I'm so glad we don't just... Uh, assembled here on a Sunday morning for 45 minutes, and that's all there is to it. Uh, this is an active church, and I was, and, and I'm not just saying this because I'm preaching this to you tonight. This is the truth. I was thinking this week, man, probably every single day this week, somebody's been on this property. Every day. There's been something going on, and people have been here working and ministering, and that's what the Bible's talking about, that we are to be active. We're to be spiritually active uh, in the will of God. And the Bible tells us here in Galatians chapter five that if we walk in the spirit, we can expect to bear the fruit of the spirit. Now, let's look tonight at Galatians chapter five and I wanna, I wanna point something out tonight. Sometimes what the Bible does not say can be an incredibly important lesson. Now, we're all about what the Bible says at Calvary Baptist Church, that's true. But sometimes it's important to notice what the Bible does not say. And I wanna take just a moment and I wanna point out what the Bible does not say in Galatians 5 and verse number 22. Look back there if you will. The Bible does not say that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long cheerfulness. That's not what it says. The Bible does not say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long delight. The Bible does not say that. I'll tell you something else. The Bible doesn't even say that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long melancholy. Now I'm going somewhere. It does not say that the, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long grief or long sorrow. It says this, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering. Now I believe that's important. It's important what the Bible says. It's also important what the Bible does not say. This is what I'm saying. Did you know there is a difference in feeling a little melancholy and suffering? 
Did you know that melancholy, I looked up the definition, the word melancholy just means depression, a depression of spirit. But the word suffering means something totally different. The word suffering means pain. (laughs) It means to labor under is what the word suffering means. And so I want you to understand the Bible doesn't say long melancholy. The Bible says that if you are filled with the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit of God, bearing the fruit of the Spirit of God, that there's going to be love, joy, peace, and long suffering. In other words, if you and I are filled with the Spirit of God, we're going to be willing to suffer long. That's what the Bible's talking about. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Nobody likes to hear about suffering. And I'm going to tell you exactly what that means here in just a moment. But the Bible is either true or the Bible's not true. And the Bible either says what it says or it doesn't. And so the Bible doesn't say all those other things. The Bible says that if we are walking in the Spirit of God and we are filled with the Spirit of God and we are bearing the fruit of the Spirit, we are going to have the fruit of long-suffering. Now, you know what? Some have short-suffering and some have brief-suffering. And I'm afraid that most Christians have no suffering. But the Bible says if we are filled with the Spirit of God, we are going to exhibit that attribute of long-suffering. Now, let me talk about long-suffering. I just have two points. That's all I've got tonight. We're done. The word long-suffering comes from the Greek word makrothymia. Makrothymia. And it, it, it has two very specific meanings that I want to give you tonight. I give you those meanings and we're done. We're, we're heading to the house tonight. But two very specific meanings for the word long-suffering. And I want to, let, let me get us caught up here. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. And tonight, the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Number one, long-suffering means fortitude. Fortitude. Now, again, uh, you know what? I challenge, I, I encourage, that's a better word. I encourage you to go check out everything your preacher preaches from the pulpit. And so don't take my word for it. Man, go study this out yourself and, and, and verify that what I'm telling you is the truth. But as I was thinking about this thing of long-suffering this week, and I thought, Lord, I want to know what that means. I get it. It means the word to suffer long. I, it's a compound word and, and all of that. But man, I begin to dig and I begin to pray and I begin to really uh, try to find out what this word means. And so two meanings. Number one, long-suffering is the idea of fortitude. Have you ever heard somebody say something like this? That guy has amazing intestinal fortitude. You know what that means? Man, he's got some guts. That lady's got some guts. Man, I can't believe they did that. Man, they, they've got fortitude. Now, this is what our Bible is saying. When we walk in the Spirit, God gives us patience and God gives us fortitude to endure even though the circumstances are not the best. Someone said it like this. I do not ask to walk smooth paths nor bear an easy load. I pray for strength and fortitude to climb the rock-strewn road. Give me such a courage and I can scale the hardest peaks alone and transform every stumbling block into a stepping stone. I'm talking about fortitude tonight. You know what fortitude? Man, that's just intestinal fortitude. That's guts. The guts to keep on going on. The guts to not stop. 
Man, just go forward. I mean, go forward for the glory of God. And it doesn't matter what people say. Doesn't matter how people look at you. Doesn't matter what people think about you. Man, you've got fortitude. Listen to what James chapter one, verse number 12 said. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. How about 2 Timothy chapter 2? And verse three, the Bible says, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And how about 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, where the Bible says, therefore my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Fortitude, fortitude, this is what I'm saying. If you're walking in the Spirit and you're filled with the Spirit and you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you know what's gonna happen? You, my friend, are gonna have some fortitude. You're not gonna quit every other day. Now, I'm not saying discouragement's not gonna come, and I'm not saying that there's not gonna be occasional times when you despair, and uh, I'm telling you, quit pretty much knocks on my door every week of the year, but thank God, God has given me some fortitude to just stay in there and stay with it and keep preaching and keep praising and keep serving the Lord. I love this. How many know this? Postage stamps are getting more expensive. We have some postal workers in our church. Can y'all please do something about that? We got our brand new, we, we, we got our brand new, I've got it right here in my Bible, we got our brand new correspondence ministry postcard. Appreciate Brother Abel getting these things done for us. They're beautiful. And we're trying to figure out how to cut, cut costs and not have to buy so many stamps. And stamps are, 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 are crazy expensive, but I love this. Somebody said this, but they at least have one attribute that most of us can emulate. They stick to one thing until they get there. Man, that's good. Man, that God would give us some Christians at Calvary Baptist Church who would say, you know what? I may not be the best. I'm not super Christian, but I'm just gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with it. I mean, through hell or high water, I mean, through trials and, and through victories and the good times and the bad times. Hey, I'm just gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with it. I'm just gonna stick with it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have fortitude and I'm gonna persevere. I like what Thomas Edison said. He said, genius is 2% inspiration and 90 8% perspiration. They said that Edison worked 18 hours a day. And once he recognized the value of an idea, they said he stayed with the process until he discovered its secret. That's fortitude. Fortitude. Somebody came to Thomas Edison one time. He's trying to create the light bulb. By the way, thank the Lord he did. Amen. He's trying to create the light bulb. He had tried 1,000 different methods trying to create the light bulb, nothing worked. And somebody came to Thomas Edison and said, Mr. Edison, I'm sorry you failed a 1,000 times. Mr. Edison looked back and said, failed, failed. What are you talking about failed? I haven't failed. I've not failed one time. He said, I just figured out 1,000 things that won't work, but I haven't failed. That's fortitude. 
People who become greatly used are usually people who manifest the attribute of fortitude. Ephesians 6, verse number 18, the Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This is all I'm saying, church. You, you, you know what's gonna happen if you're filled with the spirit of God and bearing the fruit of the spirit, you're gonna hang in there. You're not gonna have to have your preacher come to your door every week trying to encourage you. Keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Come on, come on now, don't quit. Keep on going. You just quit yesterday. Come on, keep on going. No, you know what? If you're really filled with the spirit of God, you're going to have long suffering. You say, preacher, we're going through a, a tough time. I get it. And I'm sorry that you're going through a tough time, but suffer long, suffer long and keep on serving the Lord. You say, preacher, uh, I mean, we're really going through a major battle right now. Any advice? Yeah. Keep singing in the choir. Keep giving your time. Keep working your ministry. Keep serving in the hospitality team. Keep helping with the maintenance, the maintenance team. Keep serving with the youth. Why? Because we're to suffer long. That's what we do when we're filled with the Spirit of God and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Hey, we suffer long. That's what we do. Fortitude. Fortitude. A man walked in the florist shop. It was Mother's Day. And he said, sir, what can I get for three bucks? And the florist said this. He said, well, sir, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I can give you a dozen carnations or one rose. And he said, wait a minute. You mean for $3, I can get a dozen carnations or just one rose? And he said, that's right. And the fellow said, how come the roses are so expensive? And the florist looked back and said this. That's very simple. He said, the scent of a carnation doesn't last very long. After just a little while, it's gone. But he said, a rose. Even after that rose begins to dry, he said, you can crush it and make potpourri out of it. And that scent just keeps going on and going on and going on. I'm talking about fortitude. We ought to be known for our fortitude. A father was trying to get his son not to quit. And he said, son, don't quit, don't quit. You gotta keep going. He said, you gotta keep going. He said, think about all those before you that, that uh, manifested fortitude and they didn't quit. He said, how about, how about Abraham Lincoln? He said, Abraham Lincoln didn't quit. He kept going. He said, son, how about, how about Thomas Edison? He said, Thomas Edison didn't quit. He kept on going. He said, son, hey, how about Douglas, Doug, Douglas MacArthur? He didn't quit. And how about, to, how about Elmo McGringle? Elmo McGringle. And, and the son stopped him and said, Dad, I, Dad, uh, 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 you know, Thomas Edison, Abraham Lincoln, I, I get that Elmo McGringle? Who is that? And the dad said, exactly. He quit. <laughs> and you never heard about him. Hey, I'm talking about fortitude. Dr. Lee Robertson said, quitters never win and winners never quit. Somebody put it like this, two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul, but the other took a gloomy view. We shall drown, he cried, without more ado. So in the last despairing cry, he flung up his legs and said, goodbye. Said the frog with a merry grin, I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll just swim around and around till my strength is spent. Then I'll die the more content. 
and bravely swam till it would seem his struggle began to churn the cream. On top of the butter, at last he stepped, and out of the bowl, at last he leapt. What of the moral tis easily found? If you can't get out, quick, keep swimming round. Man, just keep on swimming, keep on going. Now, listen to me, church. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what you're going through. I guarantee you, in a crowd this size, we've got burdens, we've got valleys, you've got family issues, you've got problems at home, you've got problems on the job, and old smutty face comes and he tries to get you to quit, he tries to get you to throw in the towel, and this is what I'm saying, if you are walking in the Spirit, you know what's going to happen? You're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit, and if you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to have long suffering, you're going to suffer long, you're going to have fortitude, and you're going to keep on keeping on for the cause of Jesus Christ. Somebody said this, and I like it. You know what, some, some, somebody said this, you ought to go home tonight and cut the word quit out of your dictionary. Just cut it out. You say, I know a preacher, but so-and-so said this. Okay, so-and-so said something to you. Don't quit. Don't quit. And just keep going, keep going. You say, well, you know, somebody, somebody offended me, pastor. Somebody made me feel bad, pastor. I get it, but don't quit. By the way, whoever failed you, it wasn't Jesus. Jesus didn't fail you. And whoever forsook you, it wasn't Jesus. And whoever cheated you, it wasn't Jesus. He's never done you nothing but good. And he bled and suffered and died so you can have life and have it more abundant. And more thank God we have such a great Savior. And this is all I'm saying, man. Hey, Christian. Hey, child of God. Hey, Calvary Baptist Church. Just dig in. Dig in. Dig in. Dig in. Hey, and don't you go anywhere. Man, just keep on serving God. Just keep on serving the Lord. Long-suffering. It means fortitude. But hang in there with me, we're done. Number two, long-suffering means forbearance. Forbearance. Now, stay with me just a few more moments and we'll be out of here. Forbearance. Now, what, what in the world does the word forbearance mean? Well, here's the definition. It means a refraining from the enforcement of something that is due. Or they had this, this single word for forbearance. It means leniency. Leniency. So here's what our Bible's teaching us. A great lesson, by the way. This is a great lesson. When we're walking in the Spirit and bearing the fruit of the Spirit, we are going to experience a spirit of leniency with others if you're walking in the Spirit. So if you're the kind of person and you say, Pastor, I got a short fuse, and if somebody crosses me, I tell them off right there and right then. Well, thank you for admitting that you're not filled with the Spirit. Thank you. You hear these people say, I'll tell you what, I'm just kind of person, I just speak my mind. Thank you for confessing to us all that you're not filled with the Spirit. Because you, if you are filled with the Spirit of God and walking actively in the Spirit and bearing the fruit of the Spirit, one of the things that's going to happen is you're going to bear that attribute of forbearance, that spirit of leniency. Yes, you could tell them off. They deserve to be told off. 
but you forbear. You could hold a grudge, and to be quite honest, they deserve to have a grudge held against them, but you forbear. You could decide not to speak to them anymore, and by the way, they deserve it. But because you're filled with the Spirit of God and bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you forbear. Now you say, preacher, you got any evidence that that's what we're supposed to do? Well, I'll just tell you this. We have the greatest example in the world, and his name is Jesus Christ. Just, we're almost done. We're almost done. So just, why don't we turn to a few places tonight? Turn over to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 2. Look at verse number Look at verse number four, Romans chapter two and verse number four. Did you know that Jesus Christ is the greatest example of forbearance? Boy, thank God, church, he did not give us what we deserve. <laughs> Romans chapter two, verse four, the Bible says, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and, here's the word, forbearance. And just so he knows that you understand, he uses the word long-suffering not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Turn over one page and look at Romans chapter three and verse number 24. Romans chapter three, verse 24. The Bible says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through thee. There's the word, through the forbearance of God. God. Now, don't forget what I said. Forbearance is a refraining from the enforcement of something that is due. Church, listen. Let me just put it in simple terms tonight. If churches would, would just get a hold of this one thing called long-suffering, we wouldn't have near the problems we're having in churches nowadays. I've, I've heard of, of reports, thank God, not here, but I've heard reports even today of churches fussing and fuming and fighting openly. You know, you know what? There's a problem. You know what that church is telling the world? We're not filled with the Spirit of God. Right. Now, I'm not saying you're going to agree with everybody. and I'm, I'm not saying that you're going to vote with everybody, but I am saying this. If you're walking in the Spirit of God actively and you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you know what? There's going to be some there's going to be some understanding. There's going to be some leniency. You know, Brother Mike and I, Brother Mike and I may not agree on everything. In fact, I'm pretty sure we don't agree on every single thing. But you know what? If I am really walking in the Spirit, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to extend some leniency toward Brother Mike. Now, if he's, uh, you know, preaching some kind of a false doctrine or something like that, hey, we, we'll have to take a stand. But I'm just talking about foolish things. And that's what most churches are fighting over nowadays, just foolish things. Hey, just that, that spirit of understanding. You know what? I could do this. He deserves me to do this. But I'm not going to do it because God has given me that attribute of long-suffering. We preached on this just the other day, 1 Samuel 26. You don't have to turn there. 1 Samuel chapter 26 tells us an interesting story. In fact, it is, an, it is an Old Testament illustration of the New Testament truth that I'm preaching tonight, forbearance. David has been running from King Saul, and Saul's trying to kill him. And the Bible says one night that Saul takes refuge in a cave. And guess who's already in that cave? David is there. Not only David, 
but Abishai. Well, you know what? If David was the only one in the cave, that'd be a problem. But when you've got some of David's mighty men, that's a real problem. And the Bible says they come up to Saul and Abishai says, Master, let me kill him. And I won't have to strike him twice. I'll do it right the first time. And by the way, they could. They were trained assassins. They knew how to do it. And you know what? David had the opportunity to get back at Saul. And yet, what did he tell Abishai? We're not going to touch the Lord's anointed. So I tell you what we'll do. We'll just take his canteen and his spear. And, uh, but we're not going to hurt him. We're not going to harm him. Listen to a couple stories and we're done. I want you to understand this story is not from the Bible. It's just a, this is a, a Hebrew, a traditional Hebrew story. It said, once upon a time, Abraham was sitting outside his tent one evening when he saw an old man, weary from age and journey, coming toward him. Abraham rushed out, greeted him, and then invited him into his tent. There he washed the old man's feet and gave him food and drink. The old man immediately began eating without saying any prayer or any type of blessing. So Abraham asked him, don't you worship God? The old traveler replied, I worship fire only and reverence no other God. When he heard this, Abraham became incensed. He grabbed the old man by the shoulders and threw him out of his tent into the cold night air. When the old man had departed, God called to his friend Abraham and said, Abraham, where's the stranger? Abraham replied, I forced him out because he did not worship you. And God answered, I suffered him for 80 years, although he dishonors me. Could you not endure him one night? Hey, church, you know what that is? Forbearance. Forbearance. Man, I'm going to get along. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend just a spirit of leniency. I'm going to be slow and patient how I react. Are you exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of long-suffering? Found this little story and we're done. Thought this was great. Back during the Civil War, Robert E. Lee had surrendered and the Civil War had ended and this was immediately after Robert E. Lee's surrender. And they said that President Abraham Lincoln was speaking from the White House. In fact, he was uh, upon a balcony of the White House and he was speaking to a crowd. And as I was reading this story, they said it was a very gloomy night, sort of cloudy, maybe misty, sort of rainy. They said that many of the people stood there with umbrellas over their head. And one writer said it had the feel of a, of a funeral dirge. And rather than a, a speech from the president, it had that dark, that dark feeling. At the end of his speech, when Abraham Lincoln ended his speech, Senator James Harlan spoke up and asked, what shall we do with the rebels? And they said all of a sudden, a very vindictive crowd shouted back, hang them, hang them, hang them. Abraham Lincoln's son, Tad, was 11 years old. He was standing by his daddy on that balcony that night. And they said that 11-year-old Tad spoke up and said, no, no, Papa. 
No, no, Papa. Not hang them. Hang on to them. And Abraham Lincoln spoke to that crowd and said, you know what? That's it. Tad's got it. We must hang on to them. You know what that is? Forbearance. Forbearance. And the Bible says that if we're walking in the Spirit and we're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to suffer long. Somebody says, Pastor, Brother Solons of the church gets on my absolute last nerve. Okay, any advice? Yeah. Suffer long. Suffer long. Suffer long. Forbearance. Number one, fortitude. Just keep on going. Keep on going. But have a spirit of forgiveness and a spirit of leniency as the Lord continues to work on them for his glory. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we thank you for your blessings today. It's been a really good day. And Lord, thank you for what you've given us from your word today. Father, help us to walk in the spirit. God, help us to be spiritually active. Father, help us to, help us to, experience, uh, to, to exhibit the, the fruit of love and joy and peace. And Father, help us to exhibit the attribute of long-suffering, long-suffering. Sometimes we want to lash out. Sometimes we want to get even. Lord, sometimes when people speak evil of us, we want to speak evil right back. But we're, Lord, we're to be long-suffering, suffering long. Father, I don't know who in the world this message was for tonight. I know it was for me. I pray, Lord, that I might walk around with the spirit of Christ and the mind of Christ. And God, as I meet people on a day-to-day -day basis, I pray that I will exhibit that attribute of long-suffering. Have your way in this invitation. Lord, speak to hearts, I pray. And we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Let me ask a question, and we're going to go tonight. How many are here this evening, and you would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, if something happened, stroke came, heart attack, car accident, God forbid, but if something were to happen, how many are here tonight would say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm going to be honest. I don't know for sure that I would go to heaven. Preacher, I don't know, but I want to know. And if that's you tonight, without anybody looking, and you'd say, preacher, I just don't know for sure that I am saved. Hey, would you do this right now? In the quietness of this moment, with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just slip your hand up and let me pray for you tonight? Preacher, Brother Steve, if I died tonight, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Right now, you just slip your hand up, let me pray for you. Would you do that? Come on, would you be honest? I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Come on, be honest. Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure that I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up. Let me pray for you tonight. Can I do that? Can I pray for you? All right. All right. Let me ask you this. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Are you exhibiting 
long-suffering with those that sometimes are very hard to get along with. Might be in your family. Could be at work. Might be at church. Are you exhibiting that fruit of long-suffering? Suffering long. Well, sometimes you just want to tell them off. Sometimes you just want to respond like the world and just say unkind things. Hey, if you're here tonight and the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart about something that you need to do, in just a moment, I want to encourage you to come to the altar and meet with the Lord just for a moment tonight. Would you stand with us all over the house? Father, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. God, I pray that you would give us Christians at Calvary Baptist Church who want to be filled with the Spirit of God. God, maybe somebody tonight would just come down around this old-fashioned altar and say, oh, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. God, help me to walk in the Spirit. Father, help me to, help me to bear the fruit of the Spirit. God, help people to see something different in my life. Lord, may I not just be the status quo. Lord, may I not be like the rest of the world, but I pray they'll see something different in my life. So Lord, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Just for a moment, I'm gonna make my way to the main floor. And if we can help you or pray with you tonight, or if there's some decision that you need to make, any decision at all, hey, maybe you're here tonight, rededicate your life to the Lord. Or maybe tonight, maybe tonight, you say, Pastor, I, I've been saved, but I've not followed in believer's baptism, and I need to be baptized, or whatever it may be, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, just for a moment, just for a moment, you come while we wait. We'll meet with you here. Can we just bow our heads just for a moment and we're gonna be out of here. Hey, is there just, is there one more that needs to come? Is there somebody that's, boy, you're right on the edge tonight? 
The Holy Spirit's been really dealing with you, but you haven't made a move yet. Tonight's a great night to do that. If your heart's sort of beating out of your chest tonight and you say, boy, I really feel like, and preach, I don't even really know all the reason, but I really feel like I need to come forward tonight. Hey, it could be God's working in your heart. And so while we pause just for a moment, just for a moment, you come, all right? And we'll pray with you tonight. If you're watching live stream tonight, we are, we're just honored to have you watching live stream. And there's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. And we have some wonderful people that are waiting right by the phone right now. And if you're watching this service tonight and you don't know that you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven, would you reach for your phone right now and dial that number? And we have some folks who want to talk with you and pray with you. Would you do that right now? Would you, would you call us right now and just let it ring till somebody picks up? So, Father, we thank you 